Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job shows us how to live in contrast to the dark world around us. There is no such thing as a spirit-filled follower of Jesus Christ that is continuing on and on and on to live in a lifestyle that's inconsistent with what it means to be a follower of Jesus. The moon has no light source of its own, yet it shines bright in the evening skies because it reflects the sun's light. And that's how we should be living as believers too, reflecting the sun, S-O-N's light and love into the world around us. Welcome to the Friday edition of Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago and president of Moody Bible Institute. I'm Wayne Shepherd. As we conclude our message titled, Choosing to Walk in the Light, we'll be turning back to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, to pick up where we left off. Mark has reminded us that we need to watch our words and guard our relationships. And in today's message, he'll show us how to live in contrast to the dark world around us. This will be an encouraging yet challenging talk, so let's jump in. The message comes from our series, When You Believe, Everything Changes, and it starts now. For someone to be an immoral person, someone can fall into immorality and not be an immoral person. This is talking about habitual, consistent engaging in this. So if someone gets drunk one time, they're not an alcoholic. But if you have a consistent behavior of alcoholism, of getting drunk, then you're an alcoholic. If you have a consistent behavior of falling into sexual immorality, then you're an immoral person. If you have, it defines who you are, and scripture is really strong about this. Listen, it says if this is the way you live, if this is what you're engaging in, then you have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Why? Because you have not made God the God of your life, you've made something else the God of your life, and it dominates you, and it controls you, and it, and it, it is the master of your life, so you have to choose who is going to be the master of your life. I told you I'm going to step on some toes. The Word of God is hard. Some of you right now feel like I want to get up and walk out of this place. That's okay. We won't be staring at you. Just kidding. I got the word of God here. The word of God. So what I'm saying is that if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, a Christian, and you continue to consistently engage in sexual immorality, as a married person adultery, as a single person in fornication, and that's your lifestyle, you engage in that, you consistently, regularly engage in that, then the Bible is saying, you know what, you need to take another look at your life and make sure that you're even a follower of Jesus Christ. Because you, we cannot have, there is, there is no such thing as a spirit-filled follower of Jesus Christ that is continuing on and on and on to live in a lifestyle that's inconsistent with what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Strong words. And then he goes on to say, 
Let no one deceive you with empty words. Because some people will say, well, don't make such a big deal about it. I mean, it's pretty much happening everywhere. I mean, isn't it the norm? I mean, it's kind of in the culture. I'm not that bad. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For it's because of such things, what kinds of things? Immorality, impurity, and greed. It's because of such things that God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. What he's saying is that our culture may minimize it, our culture may accept it, but it's not accepted in God. That it's not something that God says, oh, no big deal. I mean, it's not, ah, you know, don't worry about it. We all have our little sins. No, no, God's not saying that. God doesn't just take it as, oh, it's a little sin, no big deal. I mean, we all sort of, we all go over the speed limit once in a while. No, 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 he's not saying that. God is saying, it's a huge deal. Now, you wonder why that God makes a big deal about sexual sin? Let me, let me just explain that for a minute. Because sexual sin is one of the few sins that involves your, the entirety of your person, your body, your soul, and your spirit. You say, well, I thought it was just a physical thing. No, it's never just a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing, and it's, and it's a soul thing. The Bible says that if a man engages in sexual activity with a prostitute, he becomes one with her. In other words, there's no such thing as casual sex. No such thing. There's just no such thing as casual sex. It was just casual. It didn't mean anything. No, it always means something. And it always affects your soul. And it always affects your spirit. And as a believer, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I mean, God dwells inside of you, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, and you are taking the temple of God and engaging in sexual activity with the temple of God. God says, it is a big deal to me because it affects you almost like no other sin can affect you. It involves two individuals. It involves a violation of purity. It affects your soul. It affects your spirit. It creates soul ties to another individual that are unhealthy. There is no such thing as casual sex. It's a huge deal because it affects you like almost no other sin can affect you. That's why it's really important, by the way, that you start at a young age beginning to shape the minds of your children about sexuality. And some people say, well, pastor, what age do you have the talk? I'm not sure what age I should have the talk. I don't view it that way. I don't have the talk. I have the ongoing conversations. Most parents wait way too late to have the talk. Your son's 25, he's about to get married, and you go, come here, we're going to talk about some stuff. Explain kind of the, you know, the birds and the bees stuff. And you're wondering why, like, your son's rolling his eyes, and, like, you're kind of, you know, by the time he's 25, he knows the birds and the bees and the flies and the big bees and the little bees. I mean, he could tell you more about it probably than you have. So don't wait till they're 25. Listen, listen, don't wait till they've learned everything they have to learn about sexuality from their friends, from the internet, from the chat rooms. For, don't, don't wait till their mind has been distorted and shaped by society. Man, you start molding their mind about sexuality 
when they're young. Now, I'm talking about appropriate youngness in conversations, but when, when a child is young and has questions, as soon as my kids start asking questions, I answer those questions. And I try to be as, as upfront and honest with them as possible without being, of course, gra graphic or crass, depending on their age level. But I try to be very upfront with them, engage in a conversation. There's no like one conversation. It's this ongoing conversation about sexuality, emphasizing the fact that I believe sex is a gift from God, that it's great, that it's something that you celebrate, that it's something that's good, that it's something that I hope one day they will enjoy and celebrate. So I want them to know this is a good gift, but I also want them to early on discover that this is a potent, powerful thing that if misused can really affect their life in a wrong way. The funniest conversation I had was with my son when he was young and he was just kind of getting, grasping this whole thing. We were defining sex. He was at a young age, he was, he was figuring out so he, we're in this conversation, we're listening to radio, Dobson had a program, and he, and he says to me, okay, so sex. Like driving, yeah. So well, you know what that means, right? We've talked a bit about it. We had talked about it, but not. So sex, so naked man, naked woman, together. You know, he, so he's going down this road, talking about it. He's young, so he's kind of going, ooh, a little bit, you know, that age. I said, well, you know, the age will come where you won't say, ooh, you'll say, ah. So, <laughs> and so he did the math. You know, he kind of connected the fact that sex leads to procreation sometimes too. And so he says to me, so you and mom did it three times? <laughs> Like, yeah, sort of. I'm not gonna get it I'm not gonna get in the numbers, I said. I'm not gonna get in the numbers with you. And he really respected Pastor Asa, so he says. And Asa has four kids. And Uncle Asa four times is like, yeah, yeah. I thought to myself from then on, whoever he would seek families with kids, he was like, Yeah, I know. I know how many times. I know how many times. Pastor Paco has seven kids, so I'm thinking, whoa, he's thinking, whoa, man, I know what's happening in that house. But the point is, I think you, you shouldn't avoid those conversations. It should be healthy, and they should be, they should be in conversations that you, that you help shape how your sons and daughters view the whole issue of sexuality. I know it's uncomfortable for parents to engage them, but don't let, don't, hey, don't let it up to your school to teach them about sexual behavior. The school's going to give them condoms and say, be careful not to get her pregnant and careful that you don't get a, a sexually transmitted disease, but they're not going to teach morality. That's our job, parents, not the school's job. Don't say, well, I hope they had sex ed in their class and explained all that stuff to them. They're not going to teach them morality. They're going to teach them how to not get pregnant and how to get a sexually transmitted disease. You teach them morality.
You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job, and before we press on to the final part of today's message, we want to remind you that you can always find these daily teachings and catch up on anything you've missed on the radio by simply going to our website at boldstepsradio.org. You can also get these messages downloaded automatically to your phone or mobile device by subscribing to the Bold Steps podcast. Open up your favorite podcast app and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. And there's a one-minute feature you can also subscribe to called the Bold Steps Minute. Add this convenient 60-second Bible teaching to your podcast lineup and get your daily dose of encouragement and wisdom right where you are any time of the day. Again, that's the Bold Steps Minute. And to learn more, just visit boldstepsminute.org. Now, if you speak Spanish or know someone who does, don't forget that the Bold Steps Minute is now available in Spanish called Pasos Adatas. Don't miss it. Pasosadasas.org, right on our homepage at boldstepsradio.org. Now, back to the final part of our lesson titled Choosing to Walk in the Light. Here again is Mark Job. Thirdly, it tells us in verse 8, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. So number three, change, has to do with change. I'm talking about what it means to be children of light, children of our Father. Embrace your new identity and allow the new you to produce the fruit of light. He says, hey, you were once in darkness, and when you lived in darkness, I expected you to live like darkness. But now you're light. He doesn't say now you're in the light. He says now you actually are the light. Do you realize that I just went to the planetarium uh, last week or a week and a half ago with my my boys, and fascinating, they have some, some cool exhibits there. But do you realize, for example, that the moon, sometimes you can walk out into Chicago when the moon is full and bright, it's like it's, you can see everything. Have you ever been one of those nights where like, wow, is it bright out tonight? Why? Because the moon is giving light to our world. Now, of course, you know that the moon has no light of its own. The moon reflects the light of the sun, but as it reflects the light of the sun, it becomes a light to us. So it is in our lives. We have no light of our own, but when we have the presence of God clear, when our mirror is really clean and washed, then suddenly we become light. And wherever we go, we manifest the light of God. We, we generate a light of our own. Why? Because the light of God is reflecting on us. And so he says, but now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of light. And children of light have a certain fruit that they produce, and that is goodness and righteousness and truth. It's the opposite of of sexual immorality, impurity, and greediness. We're goodness, righteousness, and truth, and we're looking at how we can please God and find out what pleases the Lord. Why? Because now that we're walking in the light, we're looking at God and we want to please God. You were darkness, it says. Hey, we were all darkness. But remember, you're not darkness anymore. That's what you were. That's not who you are now. You are a new creation. You say, well, pastor, I don't know. I just just did a lot of my old life, had a lot of partners. I was just sexually really irresponsible, and I just really had a crazy life out there. Listen, listen, that's the old you. 
Why can't he erase it? Listen, you may not be able to erase it, but God has erased it. You start new when you come to God. All that stuff, it's washed. All that stuff is clean. All that stuff is under the blood of Jesus Christ, and all of it is part of your past, washed and clean. Listen, you don't come as a woman who has had a past with multiple partners. You come as a daughter of God, washed and clean, with a new slate, ready to live for God, manifesting the radiance of your Father who looks at you as a pure woman, walking in dignity and righteousness. I don't want you to bring the shame of your old life into your new life. Because if you live in shame, then you start acting in shame. And I want you to act as a, a daughter and a son of the light, not a daughter or son of shame. And then lastly, and I'll close with this, listen, verse 4. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Number four, if you take it, writing notes down, write this down. Don't get entangled again with darkness, but instead let your walk be a living contrast. This is about contrast. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Here's the thing. Hey, now that you've come to the light, disassociate yourself with the deeds of darkness. I run into too many people that are living on the edge, and then you keep falling off the edge and wondering why you're struggling in your walk with God. You've come to the light, but you still hang out really hang out in dark places. He says, don't have anything to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. You know, I, I, I talked about this not too long ago, but you know how many 20-something-year-olds, late 18, 19, 20, early 20-year-olds 20 I talk to that are struggling in their life? They came to Christ, they consider themselves believers, but they keep falling up, getting up, falling down, can't seem to walk straight, they keep struggling. And then when I really get down to talking to them about what's happening in their life, they finally admit, well, you know, on the weekends I like to have fun. Well, tell me about your fun. Well, I, you know, I like to you know, go out and have fun. I don't want to do, hurt anybody, do anything bad. I just like to have fun like I used to have fun. Well, let's define your fun to me. Well, you know, I go to the... You know, nightclub. Well, define the nightclub to me. Well, you know, it's just, I don't go to do anything bad. I just go just to have fun and dance a little bit. And it's not a real bad environment. After talking to them, it seems like I want to take my, that my 11-year-old could go with them. Oh, you want to take my 11-year-old with you? And see, it sounds like just a good old, hey, they know, choo-choo-choo, like this kind of thing. <laughs> but let's be honest, seriously. Be honest about that environment. What happens? Dark places, loud music, late at night, everybody's drinking, popping pills, a little ecstasy, music is blaring, bump and grind music going, skirts up to here, low tops down to there, guys with suave looks going, looking at the girls, girls checking out the guys, guys checking out the girls, the heat is hot, the hormones are high, people end up in someone else's bed the next morning, everybody's looking to get hooked up, there's a bunch of singles out there with the, inebriated a little bit, hormones flying high, and you wonder why you're struggling. Pastor, I just really want to be a testimony, so I go to those places to talk to people about Jesus. Okay. 
I can just see it now. Music blaring loud on the dance. Hey, what about Jesus? You want to come to church with me this morning, then tomorrow, this Sunday? I just don't see that's happening very much. I'm not sure you're getting into a lot of very intense Jesus conversations out in that nightclub. What ch- chances what are happening is that you have come to the light and you're hanging out with some of the old friends and that's how they have fun and you go not thinking I'm going to end up in someone's bed, I'm not going to get drunk, but you're around that environment, everybody seems to be doing it, and suddenly, although you're walking on the edge and you do okay for a few times, then you find yourself keep slipping off and doing what they do and then feeling bad about it, praying to repent on Sunday morning, and then two weeks you fall off again and you wonder why you can't be strong. I can tell you why you can't be strong, because you're hanging out in dark places. The Bible says don't have anything to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. I really like to dance. Go to an aerobics class. I'm sure you're not going to get in a lot of trouble there. I like to couple dance. Take a dancing class with your partner. Seriously. But let's be honest, you hang out in certain environments. It's like the guy that's got a gambling problem. Listen, don't tell me you're going to go and just spend $10. I know better than that. If you have a gambling addiction and it's been a struggle in the past, you go hang out in the boat for a while, and those $10 are going to go to another $10, another $15, and then you're going to spend $1,000 and wonder how it happened. I know how it happened. You went there, wrong place, wrong time, wrong environment, hung out, and on the edge, and you keep falling off the edge and wondering why you're struggling in Christianity. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it's a shame even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What it's saying is that as Christians, we're not supposed to go around taking our Holy Spirit flashlight and saying, you're sinning, look at what you're doing. No, that's not how we expose the light. We expose the light when we start living like the light. And people get around us and they know we're different. We don't do what they do. We don't engage in what they do. We love righteousness and we have fun a whole different way. Why? Because our joy has become different than just self-satisfaction. We live for a bigger cause. And when you start living that way and walking that way, people around you are going to know that you are in the light. That's the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and we're in a series called When You Believe, Everything Changes. And by the way, you can catch up on any of these Bible teachings anytime by going to our website at boldstepsradio.org. Mark, I know there are many listeners who are going through a hard time right now. For some of them, it feels like life is a little out of control. Maybe they're asking, is God still in control? Yeah, and so if you're going through a hard time right now, and I, I just want to say, first of all, we empathize Just this past week, I've prayed for people who've lost loved ones, who are going through a messy divorce, Mm -hmm. who are struggling with cancer. There's no easy answers. However, there is a place, and I just want to remind you this, there is something that God is doing right now, that you're not anonymous, 
God has not abandoned you. God has not forgotten you. There is something that God is doing in the midst of the difficult trauma and the mess. And I love uh, Max Lucado's book, God Will Use This for Good, Surviving the Mess of Life. I like that word, mess, huh? Yeah, because in a very clear way, this is a very little book, 56 pages, but the way only Max Lucado can do, he breaks it down to an understandable way, if you're in the middle of a mess, that this mess has a purpose, that God hasn't abandoned you, and that God will use it for the good. We love Max's writing, and no matter how messy your life may be looking today, we'd like to send you his book, God Will Use This for Good, by Max Lucado. Max helps us discover how to have courage in the face of life's trials and to trust God through these trials. Remember, God uses every painful circumstance for His ultimate good. This booklet also includes scripture for turbulent times, giving us relevant God-breathed verses to hold on to in the middle of life's messes. So request your copy of Max Lucado's book, when you give a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps. Just call us at 844-615-7363 and donate today. That's 844-615-7363. Or give online and request the book, God Will Use This for Good, when you go to boldstepsradio.org. Or send your gift and request Max's book in the mail. Write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard. Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Again, that's 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Well, that's all the time we have today. I'm Wayne Shepard on behalf of Mark Job and the rest of the Bold Steps team. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you here tomorrow for the start of Mark's next message titled, Staying Filled in the Spirit. It's the next part of our series called, When You Believe, Everything Changes. It's coming up Tuesday on Bold Steps with Mark Job. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.